Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come uh, through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. On a beautiful fall afternoon for football at Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers rattle off win number six in a row and knock off the Washington football team by a score of 24-10. to 10. A very strange game here at Lambeau Field in front of a capacity crowd. Several missed opportunities for the Washington football team. Green Bay's defense coming up strong when it needed to. Finally, some red zone stops, and Aaron Rodgers uh, sparked spectacular day as well 274 yards and three touchdowns in the win welcome in it's packers ot presented by pella windows and doors of wisconsin i'm greg matzik we'll take your calls until six o'clock here on the packers radio network 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us we uh, expect to dip into the locker room and hear from shandon sullivan coming up a little later in the program he had an interception of taylor heineke today voice of the packers wayne larravy will join us and on the line happy to be joined by former packers john coon greetings john How's it going, Greg? A pretty good win there today. It, not something that you're going to necessarily send home report card style to mom, but n- nonetheless, you get a passing grade. So nothing but uh, nothing but good things when you put a notch in the win column. Yeah, I, I took physics pass-fail my senior year in high school, <laughs> and uh, it was a wise decision. I passed. That's all I needed to do was pass. It was my option. The Packers passed the test today, John, and I get it. Now you're starting to look at the Packers in a different light because after that week one loss, they've now rattled off six in a row. You look at the upcoming matchup with the Cardinals, an undefeated team. You see the Rams and the Cowboys playing very well uh, in the NFC. And I think that some people are still wondering just how good a team this is. But I, I don't know how much win grading you can really do when you consider who is on the sidelines watching and not even dressed. Yeah. You bring up a great point there. The Green Bay Packers have a significant number of injuries at premier positions as well. Guys who have been, you know, household names the last few years. And at the end of the day, a win is a win. And this was a double-digit win. And they're hard to come by in the NFL getting wins like this. So the Green Bay Packers have done everything that they have been asked to do since that opening day loss down in Jacksonville against the Saints. So the way I look at it is the the script is about to turn a little bit here, right? We're getting away from a couple teams that have really strong defensive fronts but are a little bit limited on offense. We're going to start playing some teams that are very explosive on the offensive side and not quite as formidable on the defensive side. Can the Green Bay Packers prove to us that they can win in multiple different ways? They start doing that and and they're going to really open up the eyes of everybody questioning if this team can represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And voice voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee, joins us here at the table. And, uh, Wayne, we've got Chandon Sullivan on the line, but I'll ask you this uh, first off. Well, I, I, I tell you what, we'll get to everything that happened in today's game in a moment, but I couldn't take my eyes off Taylor Heineke. He was the MVP for both teams today, it felt like. I mean, it was yeah. just a really entertaining, and, and I feel for the kid who comes in. He's a Brett Favre fanatic, a green and gold household growing up. I can only imagine what a thrill it was for him. 
but he sort of kept Washington interesting, for better or for worse. Yeah, he really did. I thought he was just tremendous in this game and did all he could. He just played his butt off. Uh, you know, I'd use another word, but with it's a family show, but he just played hard. And, and it was great to see, and I'm sure his late father looking down from heaven and probably uh, had a smile on his face. Number one, his son played really well, and number two, the Packers won. You know, that was kind of the, the way it looked. Let's dip inside the locker room. Packers defensive back Shannon Sullivan joining us on the line. Shannon, always great to talk after a win. Uh, walk me through the interception. Uh, not that it sealed the deal, but Washington was starting to make a little bit of noise. What did you see on the play? Uh, just route recognition. Uh, our coaches drew it up this week in practice, so I was able to recognize it. Uh, just get my head back and make a play on the ball. You know, Janet, it's such an interesting time with you guys playing without Jair Alexander. You're, you're kind of rotating bodies in and out. Rasul Douglas steps into a, a pretty big role, uh, having been acquired just a little over a week ago. What's it been like with uh, the shuffling in the defensive back room? Uh, we just understand it's a next-man-up mentality. Uh, Rasul is a veteran in the game, and I'm just happy to be back on the same team with him. So I'm happy for him, and he's performing really well. You've got a rookie getting meaningful snaps in, in Eric Stokes, and it seems like he's drawn the top competition on the other side week in and week out uh, since the Jair injury. It doesn't seem like he's playing like a rookie all the time, right? He's got the makeup speed. He's got some great ball awareness. What are you seeing out of the rookie? Yeah, it's actually hard to believe that he's a rookie. You know, He just handles every day with such poise and confidence, and uh, he pays attention to detail, and it's showing on Sundays. So, you know, he, I don't even know if he expected to play this much this early on, but he's handled the job well. He's, he's covering number one receivers each week and asking to do so. So his future's bright. You know, Chad, I know, I know you guys had more of a mental day on Wednesday, and I have to believe that's due in part to playing Arizona this coming Thursday. How is this week set up for you? You've got the, the win under your belt today. You can enjoy it, but a very quick turnaround here. Oh, yeah, we're going to enjoy it tonight, uh, take care of our bodies, and then tomorrow we're right back to work trying to pick up another victory. You know, we got to go to the West Coast. We're excited. You know, it's just another opportunity. So, Shannon, do you like Thursday night football? It's okay. No one's listening. You can tell me. It's just you and I. <laughs> it's, it's tough on the body. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, anytime you get a chance to strap it up under those bright lights, it's a blessing. So uh, I'm, I'll be ready to go, and I know the team will be. Shannon, I appreciate your time, my hey, friend. Hey, Shannon. Oh, go ahead. Shannon, it's Wayne, Wayne Larrabee. Um, you know, your play, okay, as Greg said, it may not have totally sealed the game, but it was the dagger play of the game. And congratulations. It was a great interception in the end zone. It really kind of put an end to the Washington hopes at that point in time, and the rest of it was for statistics. But congratulations on a great interception. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, good stuff, Janet. Thanks for joining us. Good luck in Arizona. Got Kansas City after that. It's a meaty portion of the schedule. Fine position to be in at six and one. Congrats on the win today. Thank you. See you soon. All right, appreciate it. That's uh, Shannon Sullivan and uh, Wayne John. This is a uh, kind of an interesting game. You know, statistically speaking, it, it, the Redskins dominate. But I, I'm looking. You at mean the, the Washington football? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's my first time. <laughs> I, I think I'm supposed to take a shot or a, a I, I drink of light here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a long show. I, I'm looking at the drive summary here. I'm sure this this show in the nation's capital today, Wayne, is all about missed opportunities mm-hmm. for Washington. And I don't want to take anything away from Green Bay, but Washington was inside the Green Bay 36 times and got three points. Six times inside the Six. 30, not the red zone. We've all been focused on the gold zone, but you're talking about inside the 30. Six times. With three wow. points. Three points. Amazing. You know, that's the epitome of bend but don't break defense, you know, when you think about it. But, you know, hey, and they rushed for close to 200 yards, but 
you know, the quarterback himself almost had 100 yards, like 95 yards on 10 carries. So um, it was a weird game in that regard. And yet, you know, they're on the field, 70 snaps, 70 defensive snaps um, for this unit, and they give up 10 points. I understand they gave up, you know, over 400 yards of offense, but just 10 points, that's the big part. Yeah, John, I'm looking at this, how the season is shaped up here. We talked about, you know, some of the missing pieces I, this is becoming commonplace now. Green Bay is holding teams to 22 points or less. I mean, it, it makes you feel more and more like that week one game against New Orleans was just an outlier and an anomaly sort of game. Yeah, and it's funny, as we look at this and we start talking about the yards gained in this game, well, for the vast majority of the season, the Packers have limited opponents on yards, but teams have been scoring efficiently in the red zone. Here they give up only 10 points in this game with a lot of yards out there on a lot of drives, a bunch of big plays, a lot made with Taylor Heineke with his feet. There's a whole different look than what we've used to see out of the last few weeks out of this Green Bay Packer defense I think it's a good thing, though, because it shows multiple ways that they can execute and get the job done in the long run for the defense. So it goes to show if we aren't limiting yards, if we aren't getting three and outs, if teams are getting sustained drives, we can pick it up inside the 30 or inside the red zone. Did that today. And a lot of people are going to focus on missed opportunities by the Washington football team. Well, the other team has a say in that. You force missed opportunities as well with the pressure that you instill on that team. So... Great sign for the Green Bay Packer defense today. You, you know, you, you, your point is well taken, John. There's a situation in this game where that I'm looking at it. So it's fourth and goal. Washington is at the one-foot line, right? They just need it. Can they get it across? Yeah. It's an empty set. Heineke sneaks it, doesn't get the yard to gain. But if his knee stays off the ground another two and a half inches to play before, it's a 21-14 ball game, mm-hmm. and you're looking at this maybe in an entirely different light. Now, I know Green Bay didn't do anything in their next possession, but they prevented a touchdown from being scored. So, I, to John's point, the Packers made that stop on fourth down. Sure. But third down, it was almost like a, a self-sabotage for Washington. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it was. And, and, yeah, you know, you can look at it as Washington missed opportunities. John's exactly right. There's another team on the other side that forced those. Missed opportunities. You know, I I thought it was just um, the second half was so strange with all of the reviews and the stoppages and action. It's almost like, did they really even play? You know what I mean? It it just didn't seem to me like there was much flow to the second half of the ball game. But really, as Matt LaFleur pointed out a few minutes ago earlier uh, on our postgame show, is that, you know, when you looked at what the Packers did, getting that touchdown right before halftime, then coming out of the start of the second half and turning Washington away with that turnover in the first drive of the game, uh, first drive of the second half, that was really key, I think, for the Packers. That, that's what really set the game in their favor for good. Yeah, you know, John Aaron's numbers uh, end up sparkling uh, on the afternoon, but that first half especially, he was being flushed, and he was under pressure quite a bit. What did you see done in the second half? It seemed like the bulk of the damage done against Aaron was early going. Yeah, this has kind of happened a few games in a row now, guys. Teams can can scheme up ways to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. We saw some picks. We saw some sort of stunts ran by the Washington football team today. They were effective early on. And it's almost like that's a, a, a calming period for the offensive line, for Aaron Rodgers to get to the sideline and say, hey, remember when we look at this and, and we ID this, Mike, when, when you set back, you kind of help to this side and, 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 and remember that we're all working on a wave together and it also re-encourages Aaron to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker to kind of be aware that that pass rush can get home. But they lock in. 
They did the same thing last week with Chicago. They did it the week before. This is something that they've done now for a few weeks in a row. Teams have gotten home to Aaron Rodgers, but they get to the sideline. They make the correct adjustments. They're getting used to the to the play style and speed of those individuals up front. They make their corrections, and they play better throughout the rest of the game. It's a really positive thing. Three sacks in the first half, and I don't think they got to him in the second half, did they? No, I, I think all that damage was, was first half, Wayne, uh, just looking at my notes here. And there were some manageable third-down situations that, you know, Washington was able to get home, and that's really the strength of their unit. I know they haven't really played like it so much this year, but yeah, looking at the Packers' offensive line, and Washington probably felt, hey, we can do our business with four. It seems like that's what they were trying to do early on. They really were. Uh, they did very little blitzing that I saw. Maybe two plays that I can remember off the top of my head where they actually brought an extra rusher. But, you know, I, I think, and, and John, I'd be curious to get your thoughts. You know, we've seen um, Cincinnati in the last two weeks, Chicago in the last two weeks, very good defensive fronts. If, you're, if you want a four-man down line, I think this might be the most talented four-man down line that, that the Packers have faced this year. What do you think, John? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we go back five games now, guys. We're, we're talking San Francisco. We're talking Pittsburgh with T.J. Watt. Now, he was hindered with the groin injury. So, to me, that took a little bit away from what Pittsburgh was able to do. But Cincinnati's defensive front, all four guys, this defensive front, the Green Bay Packers now are battle-tested with, you know, some some back-end guys here playing starting for the Green Bay Packers against some really good defensive lines. They know what the best defensive lines are going to bring them. They experience that. They see the different styles, the different techniques, the different types of rushers inside and out. And they've come away with wins every single time. To me, that is something that that you can take away when you go into the playoffs. That's something you're going to have to fall back on, the experience that you've had with a stretch like this of five really good defensive lines in a row. And to be able to be successful in different ways week in and week out. They didn't rush for 100 yards like like they've done the previous four weeks. But they were able to make the protection adjustments just good enough for Aaron Rodgers to be able to, to score enough so that... Put this game out of reach, and Wayne, I, I agree with you. When they took a, when they took that fourteen point lead, it, it for all intents and purposes felt like it was over because now Washington was going to have to rely on Taylor Heineke, and that's when our defensive line gets at its best when it knows it can pin its ears back and start really hauling after the quarterback and not having to play the run so much. Six receptions, seventy six yards, and a touchdown for Adams. So he moves into the number two position behind Donald Driver all time in franchise history with receptions moving past Sterling Sharp today. Uh, the run game is another story. It's kind of interesting. And, uh, John, I'm sure you're knocking on the door of the coach saying, hey, we're, what are we doing here? We're not running the ball enough. Uh, I would not have guessed that Aaron Jones would lead the team in rushing at just 19 yards, and Aaron Rodgers would follow him with 17. I, how do coaches digest that after the game? Does Lafleur look at it and say, ah, we got to commit to the run more? Or does he say, you know what, our game plan was what it was supposed to be, and Aaron made the right checks at the line, maybe checking out of a run into a, a better situation. Yeah, there's a couple things at play here, right? Number one, when the defense is on the field for 70-plus plays, that generally means the offense is on the field for less than they were. It was only uh, a little over 50 total carries or 50 total offensive plays for the Green Bay Packers today. With that, some of the runs that were called turn into RPOs that get thrown to the outside because of safety rotation. So the, so the calls were there. But I can't help but think that Matt LaFleur didn't 
understand this big Thursday night game coming up and wanted to you know save some touches for some of his running backs for Thursday. Yeah, very interesting. That is, yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting Good thought. Point. Wayne, you should head out to Arizona this week. Bring your golf club. Get some advanced scouting. What's going on in the greater Phoenix area? You know, my golf game doesn't merit playing Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can tell you. <laughs> well, bring that desert five iron and avoid the rattlesnakes. Yeah, exactly. That's what you got to do first and foremost. 24-10, the final. A satisfying win for the Green Bay Packers. Improved to 6-1, and 3-0 and oh, here at Lambeau Field. They will visit the Arizona Cardinals. Currently, NFL's only undefeated team on a Thursday night. We are back after this with more on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, bump through. So there's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers throws for 274 yards and three touchdowns. The Packers' red zone defense stiffens. Green Bay improves to 6-1 with a 24-10 win over the Washington football team. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 5-5-5 has been extended at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Up to five years, no interest, five months, no payments, even up to 5% same-day order savings. For details, visit Pella WI. Dot com. Greg Natsik along with John Kuhn. Happy to take your calls at 855-616-1620. Dissecting and breaking down the latest Packers win. A win that approves the record to 6-1 going into Thursday night's matchup with the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Before we get to your calls and thoughts, let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, I mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. They currently trail the Houston Texans. It is 5-0 in the second quarter. That's right, 5-0. The Cardinals trail the Houston Texans. Uh, John... I, this this was a weird game. Uh, apparently what's going on in the desert right now is kind of a weird game. I, how do coaches digest a game like this? Points allowed? Boy, it's right where you want it to be. Opportunities were there for Washington. Yardage, time of possession. You know, the, the stat line was fairly impressive, I guess, offensively. You give up a lot of yards rushing. A lot of that is to the quarterback. How do you look at a game like this overall? I think you look at it as... It's the NFL, baby, and this is what happens week in and week out. It's about stacking the notches in the win column, and and you said it right there, right? As we look around the NFC, there's a couple teams that have separated themselves as, you know, going to be there at the end type teams. When you talk about a Green Bay Packers today with what felt like a ho-hum 14-point victory against a two-win Washington football team, and there's some other juggernauts in the NFC playing right now. you got Tampa Bay, who, who's taking care of business, but the Rams right now playing a winless Lions team, they're down by three. You talk about the Arizona Cardinals, the only undefeated team in the NFL, they're down by five right now in the bottom of the third inning out in Arizona. And then, you know, you got Dallas, who was on a bye this week. The most important thing is that you get the win. 
And that's what the Packers did today. They took care of business at home, and I think that's the way the coaching staff will look at this. They don't have much time to reflect on this because they have a game on Thursday. I suspect they'll only watch a handful of plays from this game when they go in to make corrections, and they'll kind of flush it and get moving on rather quickly tomorrow to Arizona. And and they're going to be keeping a really close eye on what happens here in this game with Houston because this is the team that they're facing next, and this team's going to have to battle to, to bring themselves back. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. James is in Milwaukee up first on Packers OT. Hi, James. Hey, how's it going? Go Pack Go. Yep, go ahead, James. What do you got? Yeah, first off, Go Pack Go. Um, Just want to talk about Rashad Gary. Rough start to the season so far, but really showing up here with a couple of sacks. Um, what do you guys think? I just had a good performance, and I uh, just want to know your, your take on it. We were at the game, so go Pack Go. Okay, that's uh, three Go Pack Go's for those who have the bingo card. You are officially on the board. Appreciate the phone call, James. I, I, I don't know that he struggled earlier this season, John. I wouldn't say that. I, I, it felt like he's affecting the offensive line of the opposition from the get-go. It doesn't always get home, uh, but today he was getting home. And I think maybe the last two, three weeks it's it, – stood out from a statistical standpoint more, but I, I don't imagine the film on Rashawn Gary is, has been bashful at all this season. I, I think he's been outstanding. Yeah, he's got a ton of quarterback hits, a ton of quarterback pressures, and this was the game, really, that this was a Rashawn Gary game. This was a game where if we're going to see the uh, the the level up and play out of him, this was going to be it. He was facing uh, a, a remade right side of the Washington offensive line. You got a quarterback back there who's not as experienced, who holds the ball a little bit longer. And Rashawn Gary, those split seconds too late that turn into quarterback hits and pressures, which he's among the league leaders in, they turn into sacks this way. He had two sacks today in 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 the stat column. However, you know, one of which was the sack fumble. Another one was a solo for his. He had another one where he jumped in with Dean Lowry. Another four quarterback hits today. So he was a wrecking ball today. He did exactly what he needed to do against the team he should do it against. That's the important thing. That's that's the biggest thing for me out of Rashawn Gary is this is the game that you expected and you wanted to see a rise in play, and you got that out of him. Not that I think he's really been missing this year. But the fact that he's been a step or two just late from making the sacks, he's been effective. Today he actually got home, and you see how much bigger of a difference a sack makes than just a hurry or a quarterback hit. Well, and and let's put it into perspective today as well, how impressive the performance was. They didn't really move him around much. They didn't need to. But Preston Smith missed his first game ever. He has never missed a game in his NFL career. I don't know if we're going to see Zadaria Smith all season. Back surgery doesn't translate to, yep, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. That remains a bit of a mystery. And so you bring in Whitney Merciless, who is, you know, a cup of coffee before he's able to take the field for his first practice and first game at Lambeau. Uh, and, and they had a package for him. It was primarily pass rushing situations he was on the field. I think his snap count elevated a little bit in the fourth quarter. But at the start of the game, it's Jonathan Garvin and Rashawn Gary. So if I'm the opposing team, I'm saying we got to figure out how to get 52 away from the quarterback, and it couldn't do it, right? So, I mean, it, 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 does that speak to the level of push on the interior from Lowry Clark as well, that it just makes locking up and isolating one guy 
too difficult? Yes, absolutely. And you you mentioned the guys on the interior. I can't say enough for how Dean Lowry has elevated his game since the Cincinnati game. I mean, he has come alive in the last few weeks with pass breakups, not you know, getting his hands up, getting pressures on the quarterback, getting sacks, um, recovering a fumble today. Kingsley Kiki is doing the same. He's showing up week in and week out now. And as those guys continue to make pressure on the inside, it will continue to open up things on the outside. I like what Jonathan Garvin has done the last few weeks. I love the fact, again, I'll say it again, that Rashawn Gary did what he did today because this was a game I was anticipating this, and for him to come through in a game where you anticipate it proves that we are seeing the elevation in play by him. you got linebackers that uh, have run-throughs from time to time. All these play a part, right? It's a team game, and I think it's the Green Bay Packers to continue to get team pressure on the quarterback, you'll see more and more guys continue to show up. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Recapping the Packers' 24-10 win over the Washington football team. Let's uh, talk next with Barry in California. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Barry. Hi, Greg. Guys, hi, Greg. Hi, John. Hello. Go ahead, Barry. Oh, do you hear me okay now? You sure can. Go ahead. You hear me all right? Okay. Um, I was just kind of feeling more from John's perspective. Uh, This, to me, was a trap game. I was worried about this game with the game against the Cards in 96 hours. As a player, how do you prepare for two games in a short span of time? And in terms of the travel and everything like that, um, are the Packers kind of looking beyond the Redskins to play the Cards? And uh, overall, how do the players look at uh, you know what they have to do to prepare for these games, especially such a crucial game against the Cardinals? Uh, I'll take your comments off the air, and thank you so much. All right, Barry, appreciate the call, John. I have never played in an NFL game. I know that you find that oh, hard to believe. Oh, you did So I defer to you. <laughs> you no, I was. I'd, you know, they don't have like a ten day in the NFL. I was looking for like just a ten day. It'd make it ceremonial, and that never really turned into anything. So. So how do you do this? How do you not look ahead? Because it's easy to do it, right? I mean, it's we're people. We're humans. It happens. Yeah, you know, a professional athlete's weekly and even daily schedule is so regimented that it's it makes it easy to not look ahead. Now, granted, they're human beings, so they know the, the slate of games coming up here in the very near future for them. But because of that, they also know the great opportunity that they had with this game against Washington here to be at home to have an opportunity to go in six and one to keep you know up to snuff or up to speed with the other premier teams in the NFC they were going to lock in throughout the course of the week and I think three noon games in a row like they've had has allowed them to get into a really nice rhythm as it comes to practicing scheduling their their services on their body whether that's you know uh, the, the cupping or however they they like to take care of themselves physical therapy wise and 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 really when you talk about the game plan that's all regimented day in and day out they know exactly what they're getting on wednesday they know exactly what they're getting on thursday by the time friday rolls around the whole game plan is in saturday's one more walkthrough and then it's time to play once again this next week is where you see a hitch in the giddy-up, especially with having to travel. Everything is truncated. Everything gets forced in in a much shorter period of time, and it's much more difficult to to kind of lock up your P's and Q's and have everything you know, perfectly in line. So big challenge coming up this week for the Green Bay Packers. I wasn't too worried about a trap game, Greg, as we look at it, because quite frankly, Matt LaFleur has showed us 
he's able to keep this team focused back-to-back seasons, and they haven't really let anyone slip in the terms of playing a team that you expected them to beat, and then they actually came out with the loss. This was a, especially at home. This was a fantastic, another, just another example of how Matt LaFleur continues to get his guys prepared week in and week out. It's a marathon in the NFL, and they do a great job with it. This is the third time in six games the Packers have allowed 17 points or less. You're going to win a lot of games in the NFL if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback doing that. Considering who's been missing from the Packers' defense, that is an impressive number as the team stands 6-1 and one going into Thursday night's matchup against Arizona. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We do have an open line available if you'd like to hop on. 24-10 the final. One of a handful of games here. A lot of teams on by. Six total teams on by, so not quite a full slate of games here in the NFL, but some entertaining games nonetheless. Let's get you caught up to speed with a look around the league presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Yeah, just six games in the early window today. Marquee matched up in the AFC with the Tennessee Titans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Nashville. Titans running back Derrick Henry entered the day with ten rushing touchdowns. Well, the man can do a little more than just run the rock. Now going in motion, Tannehill. Direct snap, Henry. He throws in the end zone. Man is wide open. Caught. Touchdown, Titans. Michael Pruitt. The Titans go to the King Cat. And the King has thrown for a big six. Yeah, touchdown pass for Derrick Henry today. Titans Radio Network with the call. Tennessee picks up an eye-opening 27-3 win. In back-to-back weeks, the Titans have wins over the Bills and Chiefs. Kansas City falls to 3-4 and four with the loss. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes helped off the field after a huge hit in the fourth quarter. Mahomes has thrown nine interceptions this season. More non-quarterbacks throwing touchdowns from Nashville to Foxborough. Now the Patriots with a first and ten from the New York 25. Bourne motions into the backfield from the pistol. Floater to Bourne. He's looking to throw. And he tosses a lob to Aguilar. Wide open. Touchdown, Patriots. Patriots Radio Network with the call. Bob Sochi. On the call, Kendrick Bourne to Nelson Aguilar, 25 yards for a touchdown. One of several scores on the day for the Patriots, 54-13. They annihilate the Jets. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson left the game with a knee injury and was replaced by Mike White. Had a wild game in Miami this afternoon with the Dolphins hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons took a commanding fourth-quarter lead. Put it at the four-yard line, first and goal. Ryan under center. Patterson in motion. Hands the ball to, hey, this poor Darrell Patterson. Touchdown, Atlanta. But Miami responded and took a 28-7 lead with just over two minutes to play. That was Falcons radio with the call. Matt Ryan moved the Falcons into field goal position. Young Ho Koo hit a 36-yard field goal attempt. As time expired, Atlanta picks up the victory 30-27. Elsewhere around the league, some late games in action. Raiders up on Philadelphia 14-7. It's the Lions with a 13-10 lead over the Los Angeles Rams. Cardinals, the Packers' Thursday night opponent, have a 7-5 lead over the 1-5 Houston Texans. Tom Brady off to a quick start with two touchdown passes. Buccaneers lead the visiting Bears by a score of 21 to nothing. Back to the early window, the Panthers bench Sam Darnold today as New York, shorthanded, runs all over the Panthers 25-3. It was the Bengals improving to 5-2 with an impressive 41-17 win over the Baltimore Ravens. Later tonight, it's the Colts and 49ers. Monday night football from Seattle with the Seahawks hosting the New Orleans Saints. 
Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Here's the snap. Scans the secondary. Rolls right, buying time. Still looking. Throws it back over the middle. Got Devontae wide open to the end zone. Touchdown! Rodgers rolling right. Looked left. Saw Devontae wide open between the hash marks and put the ball right on the number. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Greg Matzik and John Kuhn on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. The highlight you just heard came on a fourth and three. Aaron Rodgers rolling to his right, does what every quarterback shouldn't do, and that's throw across your body against the grain. But, hey, when you're Aaron Rodgers and you've got Devontae Adams in your sights, well, you take your chances from time to time. That proved to be a good move, and the Packers scored a touchdown to take a 7 nothing lead. In terms of plays and time, it was the longest drive of the season for the Packers offense. 13 plays, 75 yards, 749, as we bring back in John Kuhn. John, I'm not surprised they went for it. It's a go-for-it league, and Matt LaFleur has certainly not been shy about going for it in the red zone, out of the red zone. As long as he's on the other side of the 50, it seems like it's go zone for him. Uh, but the play design, it seemed like it was breaking down. So what do you do? How do, how, do you, how do you work yourself into Aaron Rodgers' sight lines when he's rolling one way and, and, and find that open spot like Devontae did? Well, you, you, you wear the number 17, right? So that was a, a nice little zone blitz that they put on there, uh, the Washington football team. And w- with that, they had some people dropping in zones that don't normally drop in zones. Chase Young was one of them back there covering the field zone that, that Devontae Adams was in. And when Aaron Rodgers gets on a move, he can manipulate those zones where the defenders are caught in no man's land. Do we stay in our zone or do we try and come up and, uh, and, and force the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. Well, two guys left the zone as Aaron Rodgers moved. That left it wide open for Devontae Adams. And like you said, you don't love to see quarterbacks throw across their body, especially to the middle of the football field. But when that's a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers and a wide receiver of Devontae Adams, more times than not, good things are going to come from it. And it did on that one specifically. 855-616-1620. Doug is in Mequon joining us next in Packers OT. Hi, Doug. Hi, this is Doug from Mequon, first-time listener, long-time caller. Um, I want to clarify: was the uh, was the uh, Dean Lowry was that an interception or a fumble? It sure looked like an interception to me. Uh, I believe it was a fumble, Doug. What else to get on the game? Say that again. It was an, it was an interception or a fumble. All right, Doug, we're going to let you go. It sounds like your radio is still up on your end. Let's go to Tom in Egg Harbor, a little north of Green Bay. Tom, you're on Packers OT. Hey, guys. First off, I want to wish my friends and everybody a safe trip home after the game. And I just want to tip my hat to Goody. I don't know where he's getting the defensive guys that he's plugging in there, but I mean, names like Garvin and Devondre Campbell. He's been everywhere all year long. And this Douglas guy, he's He's playing well. I don't know. It's just a great to Goody and his staff. I don't know. They're getting these guys, and it's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Tom. You know, it, this is the first time, John, I can recall since Matt LaFleur has been here where the injury situation has been what it is today. 
uh, they're a pretty healthy group the last couple of years. And I know it was something that you always battled um, with Mike McCarthy and specifically the uh, the Super Bowl year. That was a big deal, and that was talked about a little bit today. Aaron Rodgers sort of comparing this season to that season when it comes to the, the health of the organization. I, but it seems like things have just worked, you know, I, and, and that's a credit to the scouting department. It's, you know, the fact that former Pro Bowlers have sort of fallen out of the trees and those former Pro Bowlers have wanted to come to Green Bay. I, it's really unique, and it's interesting to watch. So you're, you're getting to know and learn about names that I, you didn't even know were going to be on this team, you know, a month, two months ago. Yeah, it speaks a lot to the scouting department, the player uh, personnel department, to be able to know not just what you have on your team, but what everybody else has out there. When you speak about the number of guys at premier positions that have gone down for the Green Bay Packers, and and injuries are, you know, they're like corrections in the market. Incredibly healthy the last few years, and because of that, we're going to face all of our injuries at one time right now, it seems like. And that's what the Packers are dealing with. Both their starting cornerbacks out for today, both their edge rushers out for today, and and Zadarius Smith, we don't know if or when he's even going to be back this year, but you do have to credit Goody for all the players that he has brought in here. And, and you know, the caller mentioned a couple specifically with Rizal Douglas and, and Whitney Merciless, who's only going to get more, uh, you know, explosive and, and dangerous with time in this defense. And, and it's just it, Corey Bojorquez, the punter, what a, what, a, what a change he has done just for the punting, for the special teams unit. So to have the, to have the conviction of, of your scouting department to be able to see these guys guys out there to bring them in to trust and then for these guys to perform it, it really speaks good of our uh, player personnel department and and goody specifically you know jonathan garvin is a seventh round pick out of miami a couple of years ago so he was with the team last year he played in about half of the games uh, and was inactive for about half of the games. so he's at least been in the system here although it is a new defensive system but he's been with the organization this now being his second year but he sort of gets lost in the Jalen Smith, Whitney Merciless, former Pro Bowlers, right? There's just there's a little more glamour to their names, given their NFL history. But Rasul Douglas came to the Packers like two weeks ago, and he was plucked off the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. And it's not because the Cardinals are on the Packers' schedule. He came in, he's a former third-round pick of Philadelphia, and just, you know, was out of favor in Arizona. And he steps in to a situation where... Isaac Yadam is starting against the Chicago Bears, and nine snaps later he's benched. Enter Rasul Douglas. John, I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if the situation is going to be remembered at the end of the year. You might just look back and say, how did this guy even get to the team? But just think about the impact he has made in a short amount of time. I mean, a, a month ago he's playing with a different team. Yeah, and and I remember Rasul playing for the Eagles and and. He was always a guy that you looked at him and you said, he's got the body for cornerback. He's long, he's big, he's physical, he's not afraid to stick his head in there. We saw that today. And these guys that they bring in, they don't need them. I mean, they'd love for them to be, but they don't need them to be the Pro Bowl players that, that they once were in Whitney Merciless and, and then Jalen Smith. They need them to be complementary role players and play that role the best that they can. Again, this team has enough weapons on it with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and defensively uh, with Rashawn Gary and, you know, if you get Jair back. They, they have enough, got Kenny Clark. They, they have enough star power that that can carry the team. It's up to the rest of the team 
who's the weakest link? Where where is that break going to be in the team? And and that's where these guys come in and where they can strengthen the team as a whole from the bottom end, from the back end, and doing a very good job of that really early on is is Rizal Douglas and and we'll see how Jalen Smith and Whitney Merciless continue to get better as as they're on this team. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us, the Bears are one unit. Washington's another unit. Be a much different unit on Thursday night against the Arizona Cardinals. As we recap, we'll also look ahead a little bit here on the program. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. In the snap, rush on, quick throw, lights out, spinning grab, Lazard, touchdown, Green Bay! They went on number 36, Danny Johnson, and beat him again. Ten-yard touchdown pass to Alan Lazard. It's 13-7, Green Bay. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Total donation today of $6,000. Three touchdowns this afternoon. It all goes to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown, two touchdowns for hunger throughout the season, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Greg Matzik and John Kuhn with you. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. It's kind of interesting playing that highlight, John. You look at Alan Lazard's final stat line. It's five receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown. It all came on one drive. <laughs> you just, you know, you start to build a lather, you start to get into a rhythm, and you conclude it with a touchdown. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much. You had a fine day. It was, it was all on one drive in terms of his uh, receptions and production. Kind of poetic justice, right? You, you, you talk about you get a feel for a guy. You come out, he makes the first catch of a drive. It's for a first down. You go to him again later on third down. You start feeling a little bit of a rapport with him. Now you know he's in a groove. He's feeling kind of the same way that you are. And then you know Aaron Rodgers sees a guy with some bad leverage on, on you, and you just kind of take your big body and, and play that little back shoulder a little bit there. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty. One thing's for sure. Aaron Rodgers is going to know who the hot hand is. He's going to be able to find him. He's going to be able to find where the defense is at its mismatch, at its greatest mismatch. And it, sometimes it doesn't matter in the offense who you let be the mismatch. Aaron Rodgers is going to find them. He's going to put them in position. He's going to put the ball where it needs to be in order to be successful. That's what you saw right there. So how soon... After he takes the line of scrimmage and gets under center, does does he know where he wants to go with that ball? Because if I if I remember the play right, Randall Cobb had single coverage on the outside, Lazard had single coverage from the slot position, and on the other side was Devontae Adams, and he had a safety shielding his direction. So they weren't going to let Devontae get that opportunity. How soon do you believe when Aaron Rodgers takes the ball from center, does he know where he wants to go with that ball? Well, I think fairly quickly. I think by the time he breaks the huddle, he knows what his most ideal defense is going to be. And and a lot of times when you prepare for these teams, 
teams have tendencies. What what kind of coverages they run in the red zone? What kind of fronts? How, how often do they blitz? How often do they run man? And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers broke the huddle there anticipating man defense like he got with some sort of cloud coverage over top of Devontae. That was most likely what he was thinking when he broke the huddle. Walks up to the line of scrimmage. That gets confirmed by the way that they are lined up. And by the time he's probably midway through his cadence, he sees the leverage that, that uh, Lazard's going to have and says, this is, this is just where i got to go with the football. We execute this all week during practice and more times than not when you see a touchdown scored in in the red zone if it's not a scramble play out of the quarterback and if it's not an extended play it's usually because the defense came out and gave you exactly what you studied them to give you you executed exactly the way that you said you were going to execute in the meeting rooms and and everything worked the way that it was drawn up and and i have no reason to look at that play and think the green bay packers didn't fully expect that to be the defense that was ran and uh and and that being one of the number one targets for Aaron Rodgers. Let's chat with Lee in Grafton. Thanks for holding, Lee. You're on Packers OT. Yeah, I have a question on the quarterback that crossed the line from Washington. Uh, His knee had hit the ground. I didn't think anybody touched him. I know in the college, when your knee goes down, you're down. But in the pros, somebody has to touch you, and they called him down. And I'm wondering exactly what happened on that play. Yeah, it, it, they changed the rule on this, didn't they, John? I mean, I, it, it it used to be that when you start your slide, you, you're down at the point where you start your slide, and that's still a rule today. But uh, they changed that, too, with the quarterback taking a dive forward because in real time I thought it was a touchdown and could have made things a little more interesting. But, but nonetheless, his knee hit before that forearm crossed, so regardless of being touched or not, he, he gave himself up. Yes, and it used to be with quarterbacks that when they broke the line of scrimmage and did not slide but went forward with a dive, they were considered like a runner and still needed to be down by contact. That rule has been changed. Now, anytime a quarterback, and I'm not sure the detail on the skill player, but anytime a player seemingly gives themselves up being a quarterback with the football in his hands, once that knee touches the ground, they're in effect down at that point in time and get none of the slide, get nothing uh, after that point in time. So with the quarterbacks, that is certainly the case that whether you go down on your own going forward or in the slide position, you are down once your once your knee hits the ball. It's where the ball is at that point in time. So it was a really interesting sequence in the game. It proved to be the first time this season the Packers' defense stopped a team from scoring in the red zone. Up until that point, it was 15 out of 15 for the opposition. So it was a third and goal. Everybody thought Heineke got into the end zone. They reviewed the play, and it was brought back to the, I don't know, one-two foot line. And then on fourth and goal, Heineke tries to sneak. There's nobody in the backfield. It's, I mean, it's either a pass play or Taylor Heineke, who is under center, is going to sneak the ball forward. And uh, second effort, you know, proved that he was down and not over the line uh, of scrimmage, which really would have been a touchdown. So it ends up being one of those situations where the Packers' defense certainly stands tall when they had to. Uh, maybe given a little gift on that third down play, John, but nonetheless uh, proving their resilience in that fourth down play. Yeah, most definitely given a gift on third down. He, he had no reason to even have to slide there, but that's the pressure that you feel when when you're playing a team and you're scraping and clawing and, and, and the yards are hard to come by and the points are hard to come by. You panic and you do some things that you shouldn't really do and yeah that, that may have been a gift and it may have been a gift that they came out on fourth down and, and made it easy for the Green Bay Packers you know when you're on the two foot line and there's nobody lined up at 
running back behind you, the defense knows at least one thing to expect. The immediate threat is the quarterback sneak. So the Green Bay Packers just did what they had to do at that moment in time. They executed what their eyes told them, what their what their coaching had told them, and they were able to get it done. It, to get a couple inches, to get a yard, that's, that's, that's generally not considered that hard of a thing to do for the offense. For the defense to rise in that occasion, I don't care gifted or not, that's, that's tremendous game situational victory right there. 24-10, the final. The Packers approved to 6-1 and one with a win over Washington. Next up is the Arizona Cardinals. It'll be Thursday night. It's a very quick turnaround here as the Packers travel out west to face an Arizona Cardinals team that is currently undefeated, playing the Houston Texans as we speak. Get you an update on that coming up a little later in the program. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Inside the one, fourth down for Washington. Can the Packers get a stop in the red zone? And Heineke takes quarterback sneak, reaching for the goal line. He is short. He is short. And finally, the Green Bay defense gets a stop in the red zone. Oh, we've talked about it. Why not label it? Today's turning point of the game presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big at a new Toyota. Hurry in today. Visit toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. That stop occurred on the Washington football team's second drive in the second half. They had moved the ball right down the field after starting on their own 23-yard line. They were knocking on the door on the third and goal opportunity. Taylor Heineke leapt into the end zone. He dove in head first, but proved to be just short of the goal line on fourth and goal. Heineke's quarterback sneak fell short as the Packers stuffed him at the line of scrimmage. The very next drive, the very next drive, they get down to the fourth and two from the three-yard line, and Adrian Mamos passed, uh, had a pass breakup of Heineke. Uh, so two consecutive drives resulting in fourth down stops when Washington was at or near the goal line. That proved critical today in a 24-10 win. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us, let's chat with Mike in Wausau. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, I was just curious on your thoughts about what the Packers' defense got to do to tighten up against running quarterbacks. Heineke went for almost 100. We got Kyler coming in four days. He's going to go for 200 if we can't tighten it up. Just curious on your thoughts. Thanks. You know, I think the big difference there, John, I'm curious to know your thoughts, is that the Packers will prepare for a running quarterback. I don't know if they prepared for Taylor Heineke to be quite as nimble and mobile as he has. I think that they've been trying to make him a little bit more of a pocket passer, uh, but he proved today he can make some plays outside of the pocket with his legs. But I think it's a totally different game plan defensively when you talk about the Arizona Cardinals versus Washington. Yeah, Arizona's going to present a great problem, right, because a lot of Taylor Heineke's running today came when the Packers had man coverage on the back end, meaning guys had their backs turned to the quarterback when he breaks the line of scrimmage. A lot of those runs were induced because of pressure by the Packers' defensive line, with, with a lot of times just four guys rushing as well. When you talk about game planning, I would suspect a lot more zone when you go out to play Arizona because that keeps everything in front of you. It keeps the vision 
on the quarterback. It allows linebackers and, and players on the second level safeties, uh, be it to, to be able to react a lot quicker when a guy breaks it. But no doubt about it. You, when, when they play Kyler Murray, they're going to need to address their, address their rush angles, the, the depth that wish they, they, they rush the quarterback. The interior is going to have to be stout and, and not as many games on the inside. And then on the back end, you need to be very careful because you can't just run zone either. You, you have to pick and choose your battles because they have some dangerous weapons out there at wide receiver that also know how to find the zones in DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green, and, and that's just to name a few. Kyler Murray right now is probably the leader in the clubhouse for MVP, so it's going to prevent a or present a really great challenge for this Packer defense coming up on Thursday night. Rookie Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk is a deep threat. I, I think you touched on a very interesting point. You know, today was Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel didn't play, right? Who else do you really have to be concerned with in the wide receiving core of the Washington football team? Uh, the week prior, yet Allen Robinson is off to a slow start, but you know, really it's more about having a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields who they have not turned loose. Uh, and if you're watching or paying attention to the Buccaneers game, you can see why it's been a struggle for the Bears with Justin Fields. He'll have moments, but he's a rookie quarterback. This is not a rookie quarterback. This is a deep wide receiving core. And it's still a beat-up Packers secondary. It's not to say they can't handle their business, John, but there's just way more to be concerned with here if you're Joe Barry than there was today. Yeah, absolutely. And and the Packers defense has done a great job for the most part this year, taking away a number one target for their quarterback. I, Terry McLaurin today was only the second receiver with Jamar Chase to, to break the 100-yard mark. A lot of that came on one long 40-yard grab and, and some garbage time on on their last drive of the game and it's going to be more difficult to try and execute that against the Arizona Cardinals because they just have so many weapons And, and really when you look at it the Packers now have faced a very similar opponent for the last five weeks with an exception to the Cincinnati Bengals these teams have been strong defenses not as explosive offenses now they're going to go out to Arizona and face a team that ranks in the top 10 not just on defense but also on offense as well this is going to be the biggest test to date for the Green Bay Packers coming up on Thursday and and it's one that's really going to kind of set the landscape for for the powers to be in the NFC Cardinals are in action as we speak they lead the Houston Texans 14 to 5 one of a handful of games in action six games including Packers Washington in the books let's get you caught up on what is going on around the league our look around the league is presented by Cousins Subs Cousins Subs we believe in better let's start in Cincinnati shall we with an Division matchup between the Ravens and Bengals. You talk about a rookie making a splash. Quick throw. Slant caught by Chase. Runs to the 30. Breaks out of the pass. He's sprinting down the middle of the field. The Ravens 40. Pulling away at the 30. 20. 10. Touchdown. How great is Jamar Chase. 82 yards to the house. Call courtesy of the Bengals at Radio Network. How good is Jamar Chase? Well, pretty darn good. Today, eight receptions, 201 yards, and a touchdown for the rookie Joe Burrow. 416 yards passing in a blowout win. 41-17 the final. The Bengals improved to 5-2 and two with a victory over the Ravens. The New York Giants earned a victory of their own, knocking off the Carolina Panthers. Somewhat surprising today. Jones in a shotgun set. Booker to his right. Handoff for Booker, who runs left. Makes a man miss to the 15, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Giants, Devontae Booker. 19-yard scamper. Icing on the cake. 
Bob Papa with the call, Giants Radio Network. Booker, 14 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown playing for the injured Saquon Barkley. Giants beat up all over the place on offense, yet they pick up a 25-3 win over the Carolina Panthers. Well, the Tennessee Titans are on a bit of a roll. Play fake, Tannehill rolling right. He can run this in. Let's have a little finger roll. Touchdown, Titans, as Tennessee is rolling over Kansas City with 2.48 remaining in the half. Titans radio with the call, 27-3 the final. The Titans hammer the Chiefs, who scored just three points. That came in a field goal in the third quarter. Derrick Henry, 86 yards rushing. He also passed for a touchdown. That's right, a passing touchdown for Derrick Henry today. Elsewhere around the league, in action in the third quarter, it's the Raiders all over the Eagles, 24-7. The Rams lead the Lions, 17-16. They are in the third quarter, about 14 minutes to play in Los Angeles. Cardinals, as I mentioned, up on the Houston Texans, 14-5. Two-run homer for the Texans in the first. That's got them on the board. The Buccaneers behind three. Tom Brady touchdown passes lead the Bears 28 to 3 just under two minutes left to go in the first half 36-yard game-winning field goal as time expired lift the Falcons to a 30 to 28 win over the Miami Dolphins the Patriots put up 54 points to the Jets 13 New England now 3 and 4 on the season later tonight it's the Colts and 49ers from the Bay Area Monday Night Football features the Saints and Seahawks from Seattle Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Wrapping up hour number one, Greg Matzik and John Kuhn. Take another call here. TK in Green Bay joining us on Packers OT. Hey, how's it going? Go ahead, man. Good. What's up? Hey, uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, AJ Dillon putting the ball on the grass a couple times. I mean, Cooney, does that does that snowball? I mean, does that get inside your head? Um, and then the second part is Kylan Hill got some some more playing time. It seems like I don't know if he's flashing in practice, but uh, I really like that he's getting some more PT. What do you guys think? Three carries for A.J. Dillon, coughed up a couple, John lost one. That's, and, and that's not a great ratio, I understand that. But uh, what is that like to be a running back and in your limited opportunities, uh, the ball pops out? Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, both of them, pretty good shots on, on the arm that he was carrying the ball with. It's something that he is going to directly address this week at practice. It'll be something that, that the coaches are going to be harping and harping and harping on. Uh, if you remember... Um, Aaron Jones earlier in the season had a couple of fumbles, not both of them lost, but in back-to-back games. So this is something that it needs to be taken care of. It needs to be tightened up when you get in traffic. You need to have two hands on the ball. I don't know if it's going to get to his head just yet. You can chalk it up for one of those games where just you, you weren't tight enough with the ball. You, you, you didn't um, finish with two hands on it. It's, it's definitely something that can absolutely be fixed and it's something that the coaching staff is going to demand of him now when you talk about kylan hill i I go back to i saw kylan running the ball early in the game greg to me and and carry yeah when you see the way the carries were distributed in this game and we talked about already only 15 total rushes and two of those by aaron Rodgers today one of those by a wide receiver when you see that a lot of that is an extension of the rpo more times than not they were in boxes that that made the o option um the 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 
the or the pass option where you wanted to go with the ball, just an extension of the run game, get it out to a wide receiver quicker. But when I see that distribution of carries, especially the ones early on in the game with Kylan Hill, I start to think Matt LaFleur has a bigger plan. He sees the big picture, and he understands that he can't have Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon carrying the ball 20 times today and expect them to be 100% come Thursday. I know when I used to play games on Sundays, Greg, it, regularly your body doesn't feel back to its normal self until Wednesday, usually even Thursday sometimes. If it was a really physical game, you wouldn't feel 100% until Friday. So to me, this was kind of a, a rep count situation where he didn't want to end empty the bucket on any one of these guys today because he knew he was going to need them so much come come Thursday night. The big question now, John, is uh, will you be able to get enough rest to join me on this program just a few days from now? <laughs> it'll be it'll be tough. We have ourselves a long week. We got to digest this one very quickly and we got to start breaking down the Arizona Cardinals and heck they're still playing. It's only halftime for their game. All right, so film study on Tuesday, I'll bring the Chinese. We'll have a good time. Sound good? Chinese? How about Thai? I'm I'm more of a Thai guy than Chinese. Okay. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) We'll make sure it's spicy. Good stuff, John Kuhn. We'll talk to you again in a few days. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, Greg. All right, take care. John Kuhn, our good friend, joining us here for the first hour of Packers OT. We will continue with hour number two coming up on the other side. We'll dip into the locker room and hear from Dean Lowry and TJ Slayton, who blocked a field goal in today's game. Defensively, the Packers doing some good things, minus significant talent. 24-10 the final. Win number six in a row. Who remembers that opening day defeat against the New Orleans Saints? Not me. Packers OT continues on the other side. This is the Packers Radio Network. game day continues it was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to you know kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone uh come through and make some plays with packers ot presented by pillow windows and doors of wisconsin you can't come out talking about you know getting more opportunities and not um, come through so it's something that i'm going to make sure i do today now Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Three touchdowns passing for Aaron Rodgers, some stingy red zone defense, and the Packers improved to 6-1 with a 24-10 win over the Washington football team. Welcome in to... And now overcast Lambeau Field. Clouds settling in as the traffic lightens. Some folks still playing around on the football field in the Titletown area. Celebrating a Packers victory today on the home field. Green Bay now 6-1 and one on the season. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 has been extended at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Up to five years, no interest. Five months, no payments. Even up to 5%. Same-day order savings. For details, visit Pella WI. Dot com. Before we get back to your phone calls at 855-616-1620, we'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. The Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. 855-616-1620. Back to the phones we go. Rusty is in Two Rivers joining us on Packers OT. Thanks for holding. 
Yes, hi. Thank you for taking the call. Um, see, um, Gary uh, had a, just an exceptional game uh, on defense, and a you know the Packers this week picked up Merciless. By the way, that's one heck of a name for a defensive pass rusher. Uh, the Packers picked up Merciless, and I didn't really keep track of the stats during the day how often uh, Merciless played at the same time that that uh, Gary played. But I'm just wondering if possibly with Merciless Sarath, um, they had more to focus on than just playing Gary. And because of that, Gary's talents have risen to his to his expectations. Yeah, I, I think there's a few things at play here, Rusty. I appreciate the phone call. Number one, if you go back to training camp, players were raving about Rashawn Gary's work ethic, his physique, his disruptiveness in the one-on-one drills. So this goes back to training camp. And even if you consider last week, now this is pre-Whitney Merciless, he had a healthy Preston Smith. He was lost in that game last week against Chicago with an oblique injury. Uh, it's what forced him to miss today's game. But Preston Smith is off to a nice start this season, and hopefully by missing today's game, he'll be in better shape to take the field against Arizona. This is my gut feeling. If today were a playoff game, Preston Smith likely would have played. But given the Packers will face an Arizona Cardinals team that is currently undefeated on Thursday, the chances for him to suit up today and be available for that game, to me, felt too low. So I know coaches will not publicly say it, but if you look at it, hey, what would you rather have Preston Smith for, a road game against Arizona or a home game against Washington? I'll take Arizona in that situation if I'm given the option. So Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary have been a pretty formidable duo without Zadarius Smith. But even Chauncey Rivers and Jonathan Garvin had been worked into the rotation, and the production has been okay over there on that side of the ball at the edge rush position. Well, now Rivers is injured. Garvin is still part of the puzzle. Preston Smith didn't play today. Whitney Merciless got to Green Bay, I don't know, a period of hours ago and was primarily used on third-down passing situations today. But I did see the snap count elevate a little bit in the fourth quarter. We'll see tomorrow what the actual snap count was and percentage of defensive snaps played. But as a pass rusher, those are kind of obvious situations to use him in. With one thing in mind, go get the guy holding the football. And, and, you know, that's what he was charged to do. And I thought he had adequate pressure today. It does give you another bona fide pass rusher, veteran guy who's seen pretty much everything in the NFL that you have to be concerned with. You, You can't just take your mind off that side of the field to focus on Rashawn Gary. Now, the other thing that is, I think, played into what Rashawn Gary is doing is the penetration up front. It seems like Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki today, Kenny Clark especially, last week as he iced the game against Chicago, they're getting adequate enough push to remove the step-up ability of a quarterback. And if you're a guy like Rashawn Gary charging off the edge, Boy, you get a good push on the interior. Where's a quarterback going to go? So I think it's I think it's all worked in sync this year. But but Gary has been disruptive. He's been very disruptive. That's been fun to watch. Third year player, sort of settling into his own after being a, a first round pick of the dra- Packers a couple of years ago in the draft. So it's nice to see two sacks today, four quarterback hits total on a day you didn't have Preston Smith. That's impressive stuff. Uh, as the defensive line really, I, I thought played very well that first layer of defense on the defense, pretty much in control today in a 24-10 win. Let's go to Paul in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Paul joins us. Hi, Paul. Hey, good 
Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, uh, just wondering what your thoughts on this. Um, looking ahead at the next few games for the Packers and their wide receivers, as a group, as a group, are they ready or are they of the caliber that's needed for the next few games? I'm especially thinking of Arizona. Obviously, Adams is a superstar, but what about everybody else? You know, it really, Paul, it's not much different than it was a year ago. Right? I mean, look at the cast of characters. It's it's about the same, and you've added Randall Cobb. So can the Packers win, relying heavily on Devontae Adams as their lead wide receiver? I think they can. It, it may have caught up with them in the playoffs last year against Tampa Bay. Uh, but they can certainly win regular season games. That's, I don't think, a question. I, I think you have to look at it beyond just the wide receivers. You look at all the different threats who can catch the football and make a play. So, yeah, Devontae Adams, he's the obvious one. Robert Tunyon had a 25-yard reception today. Alan Lazard had a 19-yard reception today. In fact, he had five receptions on one drive that resulted in a Lazard touchdown. Mercedes Lewis had a 17-yard reception. So they're finding guys in different spots of the field for chunk yardage plays. That's the important thing. However, I do think they miss Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And what you're seeing now, I think, is an interesting combination. The Packers' offensive line is a little beat up. It's a little more quick rhythm and get the ball out of your hands quick sort of process here for Aaron Rodgers. With MVS on the field, boy, you almost feel like you have to take a couple of shots deep because of his ability to stretch the field. And remember, Rodgers missed him on a couple of occasions earlier this season. They finally did hook up on one. Uh, I think it was game number three of the regular season. So he is a threat. He is a take-the-roof-off-of-the-defense kind of player. Now, you've got to have the right look for him to really be effective. If it's a a two-safety look, that might be a little challenging, and you may have to work the underneath. But in those one-on-one matchup opportunities, especially if you can get MVS in the slot, maybe on a safety, that's happened a couple of times, you feel like you have to take advantage of that opportunity. But with a beat-up line, you're probably trying to get rid of the ball quick, especially today after what happened early. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers getting pressured, it was a little bit more of a quick-hitting style passing attack. couple deep balls, uh, but a more of a quick-hitting approach. So I, I think they can win games with what they have. I do think MVS back is, adds a different dimension, and that's important. Um, Equinemia St. Brown, for his length and speed, doesn't give you quite the same I don't believe is MVS, and, and there's a reason MVS is more like the number two receiver, and EQ is more of a uh, practice squad type elevated to the active roster. Uh, but they have talent in their pass-catching group, but it does extend beyond the wide receiver position. You have to include tight ends and, and certainly the running backs. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. As for the distribution today, it was Adams with six receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Robert Tunyon, I think his best game of the season, four receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Lazard, five for 16, a touchdown, all on the same drive. Randall Cobb, 3 for 22. Mercedes Lewis, 3 for 31. Aaron Jones, 5 for 20. And A.J. Dillon had one reception for just two yards. So pretty good distribution today, by and large, for a Packers team that passed for a little less than 300 yards on the day. Aaron Rodgers credited with 274 yards passing and three touchdowns. Bill joins us next from Washington State. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Bill. Hi, great to be on the show. Thank you, guys. Great discussion. You know, being out here um, with just one of many worldwide Packer fans, I'm just curious about the special teams. You know, there's too much penetration on these punts and and kicks. And um, what can we do to shore that up? Any comments? Thank you. 
Yeah, it's like a thing every game, right, Bill? And you never know what that thing is going to be, but it's a thing every game, right? You're sensing the same thing I am, right? Yes, I, that's what I've noticed. And today, today was a couple different things. So I, it didn't look like the the coverage unit or you know the the upfront unit blocking on the field goal attempt by Mason Crosby that was blocked. It, it didn't seem like there was any hiccups there. It just seemed like a low screamer off of Mason's foot. Um, that was my view anyway of the replay. That's it's hard to see it real time, but it, you zone in on a replay and. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like it just came off his foot and was much lower than usual for Mason, so right into the hand of a, of a defender. I, the Bohorquez punt, I mean, remember, he was backed up to the end line of the end zone. I'll give him credit, man, for hanging in there and kicking a punt with authority that traveled nearly 50 yards from his end line. I mean, that, there is no room for air with the, you know, the, the block unit just on full force coming at him to try and, you know, change the game in one play. I, I thought that was an incredible kick. He also had one that stopped at the one-inch line and was down at the three, had a 50-yarder that was fair caught, which was impressive. I think the Packers have found themselves a punter. Uh, they got a punter. What they don't have or seem to struggle with is in their kick return unit. Kick coverage seems to be a letdown occasionally, and as Matt LaFleur discussed uh, last week, two weeks ago, they have some things to clean up in their field goal Procedure and that goes beyond just you know the snap, the hold, the kick. Uh, it's with blocking up front. I, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. But I, I would say six weeks in, you know, you're looking at this thing. Okay, we're now seven weeks in. It, it's it's a mixed bag. But maybe you feel better about the punting situation than you did at the start of the season. I think you feel okay about the kicking game. I, I think that's that's going to be fine. Can you block up front? Can you pop one on a return? Can you avoid silly penalties? Those would be steps forward, I think, for this Packers defense. Two block kicks today. Uh, strange to see. Two block kicks. Two blocked field goals, specifically, in the Packers' 24-10 win over Washington. One of several games on the slate for Week 7 of the NFL. Six teams with bye, so you've got kind of a lighter schedule than usual. Let's get you caught up on action from around the league here in Week 7. Presented by Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Marquee matchup in the AFC. Titans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And we know what Derrick Henry can do running the football. How about throwing it? Now going in motion, Tannehill. Direct snap, Henry. He throws in the end zone. Man is wide open. Caught. Touchdown, Titans. Michael Pruitt. The Titans go to the King Cat. And the King has thrown for a big six. Titans Radio Network with the call. An eye-opening win for Tennessee. 27-3, they knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. How about this? Back-to-back weeks, the Titans have beaten the Bills, and now the Chiefs, who fall to 3-4 and four with the loss. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes helped off the field after taking a huge hit in the fourth quarter. We had more non-quarterbacks throwing touchdowns. This time it was for the Patriots. Now the Patriots with a first and 10 from the New York 25. Bourne motions into the backfield from the pistol. Floater to Bourne. He's looking to throw. And he tosses it off to Aguilar. Wide open. Touchdown, Patriots. Bob Sochi with the call. Kendrick Bourne to Nelson Aguilar for a 25-yard score. Patriots Radio Network with the call. One of several scores on the day. The Patriots blow out the Jets 54-13. Wild one in Miami with the Dolphins hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta had a commanding lead after this score. Put it at the four-yard line first and goal. Ryan under center. Patterson in motion. 
hands the ball to hey, this Cordero Patterson. Touchdown, Atlanta. Yeah, very easy score for the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons Radio Network with the call. But Miami bounced back. 14 points in the fourth quarter. They took a 28-27 lead with just over two minutes to play. Matt Ryan moved the Falcons into field goal position. And it was Young Hoku connecting on a 36-yarder as time expired. Atlanta picks up a 30-27 win. Elsewhere around the league, the Raiders up big over the Eagles. It's 30-7, to 2.53 left to go in the third quarter. 292 yards passing and two touchdowns for Derek Carr. The Rams clinging to a one-point lead over the Detroit Lions, who are now inside the red zone with 3.17 left to go in the third. It is 17-16 Rams. The Packers' Thursday night opponent, the Arizona Cardinals, with 17 second-quarter points, lead the Texans at 17-5 with 12-14 left to go in the third. The Bears not competitive today, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady with four touchdown passes on the afternoon. He goes over the 600-touchdown mark for his Hall of Fame career. Buccaneers lead the Bears 35-3 in the third quarter. The Giants knock off the Panthers 25-3, courtesy of 13 fourth-quarter points. Bengals all over the Ravens 41-17 to claim first-place honors in the AFC North Division. Joe Burrow, 416 yards passing and three touchdowns. Colts and 49ers tonight from the Bay Area. Monday night football to the Saints and Seahawks from Seattle. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. A fresh haircut is always a great way to boost your mood, but it's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. Easy in, easy out, easy great. Takes the handoff to Gibson. Heineke winds up. Hit from behind. Ball is loose. Up for grabs. Packers have it at the Washington 27-yard line. Rashawn Gary with the strip sack fumble of Taylor Heineke. That was on the first drive, in fact, the second play of the second half. Washington with the ball. It was quickly back in the Packers' hands. They turned that play into a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers to Robert Tunney. And so uh, not only a bit of a turning point here, but incredible play by Rashawn Gary. He is our great clips, great player of the game. Two sacks of Taylor Heineke, four quarterback hits. He was a problem all day long for the Washington football team as the Packers pull off a 24-10 win. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Before we get back to your calls, let's step inside the locker room where another member of the Packers defense is standing by with Larry McCarron. Here he is with Packers defensive lineman Dean Lowry. Hey, Dean, NFL team, you hold that team to 10 points. That's a whale of an effort. How'd you feel about it? We feel good. Uh, that was a very scrappy quarterback, as you guys saw. Um, you know, he had a, a good arm, but just his scrambling ability was really you know, a big challenge for us. And that O line coming in the game was one of the best pass protecting O lines in all of football. So we thought we got after him pretty good, especially there in the end. Um, you know, I know Rashawn had a sack, I had a sack, Kiki, Kenny got you know pressure all day long. So overall, it was a great team effort. 
You talked about the sack. You also recovered a fumble, did you not? And actually, I kind of was looking at it, and I saw you celebrate in the end zone. I thought you took it in for another touchdown. I remember a couple years ago you took one in for a touchdown. But could you talk about the fumble recovery? Uh, It was a great play. Uh, Credit to Rashawn, just getting after the quarterback all day long. And when I saw Rashawn get his arm, I knew the ball was going up in the air. So I saw it, uh, came down with it, secured it. And then I think after that, our offense scored six. So just having those big momentum changes in the game are always huge for our team. How about holding the Washington football team, the Washington football team, 0 for 4 in the red zone? Now, you guys have been listening to that stuff for several weeks. Are you happy to get that monkey off your back? Oh, it's huge. That's been our focus really this whole year is really improving in the red zone. And um, that that fourth and one or fourth and goal stop in the red zone there was huge for us. So if we can get more of those and just, just bend but don't break, we'll be a great defense for this whole season. Yeah, Packers red zone doing the work today. They came in having been the worst in the league at allowing touchdowns, 15 for 15, were the opposition against the Green Bay Packers red zone defense. Today the Packers red zone defense awfully stingy. The only touchdown scored by Washington today. Uh, boy, at this point of the game you're thinking, man, this might be a shootout between Aaron Rodgers and Taylor Heineke. It was a 45, uh, 40-yard touchdown from Heineke to Terry McLaurin. You know, Eric Stokes had pretty good coverage, but he never located the ball as McLaurin made the adjustment and sort of backed into the end zone and fell to the ground, securing the ball and a touchdown. And at that point, it's 7-7. to um, And even on that play, Jalen Smith, he just missed a sack of Taylor Heineke, who stepped up and you know, threw a pretty decent ball while stumbling to the ground, and uh, re- re- uh, resulting in the first touchdown for Washington, their only touchdown of today's game, 24-10, the final. Matthew was uh, at the game today. He's driving home. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Matthew. Hey, guys. Uh, go Pack. And uh, actually, I was going to ask you about that. Eric Stokes, I've been really impressed with him so far this year um, and just got burned on that play. I don't know if there was anything else you saw uh, from the game or just uh, throughout this year. Um, I'll hang up after I give a shout-out to my friend Ethan, who went to his first Packer game today. All right, go Pack, guys. Yeah, so I, I assume you're talking about the touchdown that we just referenced. And I guess I didn't look at it as Stokes got burned. It, here's, here's what I think happened on the play. Uh, and I watched the replay about six times. And there was good pressure. Jalen Smith had Taylor Heineke in his sights, but just couldn't hold on and pull him down. So Heineke was sort of stumbling as he stepped up in the pocket. He threw a deep ball. It was a little bit underthrown, so McLaurin, he adjusted to the football. Keep in mind, this is a Pro Bowl receiver, right? Terry McLaurin is a Pro Bowl receiver, the best the Washington football team has. Pro Bowl receiver. So he's got the ball in his sights. He adjusts, but he had to kind of slow up. So I mean, he, he caught the ball with, with his toes pointing toward the quarterback. Right? I mean, it's not like he caught it in stride running away from Stokes. And I, I think Stokes is air, and he's standing right there. He threw an arm up, but he never really located the ball. So I, I don't know that Stokes understood what Heineke was dealing with and, and why the ball may have been underthrown or if the ball was underthrown. So I, I guess I didn't look at it as, boy, Stokes just got burned there. I looked at it more like a Pro Bowl receiver adjusted to an underthrown ball, and Stokes just never located the ball. So, I mean, to me, that's more the error. He is always near the ball. Boy, that is not a concern. Eric Stokes is... He is commonly right next to the receiver, and he's given up some catches. I get it. But, man, he's been entertaining to watch. And at this point of the season, you're going into week eight. Eric Stokes is your corner, shadowing the best of the best on the other team. And 
it's a little different next week, or on Thursday, I should say, when you're talking about, you know, facing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. And then the following Sunday, when you're talking about facing a guy like Tyreek Hill. So there will be some moments here for Eric Stokes, but I think so far so good. And, and if you do pair him with Jair Alexander and he comes back to his, you know, all-pro, Pro Bowl self, now you're talking about Stokes on our number two? I, you love that if you're the Green Bay Packers. Right now it's, it's a little bit of baptism by fire, and I think he's holding up his end of the bargain, proving why the Packers selected him with their first-round pick. He's entertaining to watch. And he's got a very short memory, it would appear. If he does make a mistake, it doesn't seem to bother him. And uh, he's right back at it, making a play. So even after that long touchdown pass that you know he was in defense of, uh, he came back with a pass breakup uh, on a key third down a little bit later in the quarter. So uh, by and large, pretty good stuff from the Packers rookie cornerback. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, 855-616-1620. About a half hour left to go in the show. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap and placement. Here's the kick. It's blocked. Partially blocked, and it floats into the end zone and through. The Packers hold on a special teams block of a 42-yard field goal. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. The Whatever It Takes play of the game, presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at bryant.com. T.J. Slayton got his hands on a 42-yard field goal attempt by Chris Blewett. That's right. Chris Blewett. Signed by the Washington football team to the active roster this week. He had never kicked in an NFL game. He was uh, with the Bears for a minute a few years ago when they were having all sorts of kicking woes and ultimately has landed in the nation's capital. But uh, his field goal opportunity, first one as a member of the Washington football team, blocked by T.J. Slayton. A 42-yard field goal attempt. Now keep in mind, this is after uh, the Washington football team had put points on the board and tying the game at 7. So it looked like it was... Maybe going to be a little more back-and-forth a football game than it ended up being. But Washington, after scoring that touchdown, had just two possessions in the first half. A touchdown, blocked field goal, and a turnover on downs. That was it. Three possessions total in the first half. And the man who got his hand on that field goal attempt by Chris Blewett, T.J. Slayton, the rookie out of Florida, standing by with Larry McCarron in this locker room report. First of all, T.J., I know you're a rookie and all that good stuff, but how does win number six in a row feel? Uh, I feel like high school all over again. I won so much in high school. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting finally getting back to it. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know how many kicks you blocked in high school, but you blocked one today, a field goal no less. That's a big deal. Tell me about that play. Uh, well, it's the first time I ever blocked a field goal, so oh, really? pretty happy about that. <laughs> How'd you get it done? Um, uh, coach just called to play. Uh, we ex- went out and executed, and you know, I got a hand up, and it came to me. Uh, what I can say is I didn't really jump. I didn't jump at all. I actually just had my hand up. I didn't really know what happened. Uh, I just know I felt something hard hit my hand. And then I turned around and I was and I just heard the whole crowd just roar. But I still seen the ball going for it. But then when I realized that, you know, they was calling it blocked, and I was like, then I started jumping around. I was like, that's me, that's me. And they was like, did you block it? Did you block it? I was like, yeah, yeah, it was me. <laughs> so 
uh, that just felt good, you know, getting the, the team on me, you know, everybody getting hyped, you know, uh, then that was our first, I believe it was our first field goal block in six years or something like that. I think that's what I read, uh, but it felt good, so yeah. Did you get some pretty good push? Normally, if you just said you didn't jump, normally if you don't jump, you got some pretty good push. Yeah. Do you feel good about your push? Oh, yes, yes. I feel like I did great. Uh, all I did was got a shoulder on the long snapper, uh, pushing it back uh, maybe four, four, three yards, and got a hand up and it came right to me. TJ, today, okay, coming into this game, the Washington football team had six sacks all season. You guys got them for four. As a defense, that's got to be pretty satisfying. Oh yeah, uh, you know that's our that's our standard. You know that's what we want to go in. We want to get sacks. We want to get TFLs. We want to get interceptions. Like we we take pride in that. Take away the ball, kill blocks. So that's what that's what we go out and that's what we expect every week. How's the rookie season going? Uh, pretty good. You know, looking to get out there more, but uh, starts in practice. So we're gonna see next week. Packers rookie defensive lineman T.J. Slayton credited with a field goal blocked in today's 24-10 win over Washington. 855-616-1620. Let's grab Dutch in Appleton. You're on Packers OT. Thank you for holding, Dutch. Hi. I was a little curious about uh, tackling, I guess, open field tackling in particular. I noticed uh, number 41, Henry Black, I think, whiffed on a couple. And the reason I noticed it, and I know it's different levels, but yesterday it stood out during the Badger game how solid they were in just uh, open field tackling. So I don't know if you know or not, do uh, colleges work more on on flat-out tackling than the pros do or not? Uh, Dutch, it's a, it's a great question, and I don't really know the answer. Um, what I see in training camp is that there is no tackling. There is none. Occasionally somebody will fall to the ground. It doesn't happen terribly often. And uh, there was preseason tackling, of course, but uh, you know, for the most part the Packers held their players out of the preseason. Uh, but by this time of the season, I, I feel like that's, it's no longer an excuse or it's no longer a thing you look at and say, well, yeah, they didn't tackle at all during the preseason or during training camp. No wonder it doesn't look so, gro- so good these first couple weeks of the season. I don't think tackling has been an issue for the Packers all season long, not like a season-wide, hey, what is going on here? This looks sloppy. I haven't noticed that. Uh, Today there were a couple of exceptions. I think Darnell Savage had an opportunity to bring down Terry McLaurin on what would have been maybe an eight-yard gain and and uh, forced a third and two or three, and it turned out to be a a 20-plus yard gain down the sidelines as he was able to escape Savage, who is a, a pretty good tackler in his own right. I don't think it's an epidemic. I don't think it's a big-time issue for this team. I do believe the offenses they face here the next couple of games in Arizona and Kansas City are are certainly teams that have a lot more potency to them than Washington and Chicago with a rookie quarterback, and even the Bengals, who have a a pretty good offense. They put up 41 today against the Baltimore Ravens. So I thought that was a pretty good offense that the Packers held in check. Uh, But still a young quarterback who has got a handful of games under his belt in Joe Burrow, but... Uh, probably feels like an extension of his rookie season this year coming off a a major leg injury. So um, something to watch, but I don't think it's been a season-long issue at all for the Packers. Uh, They're tackling. 855-616-1620. We still have an open line for you if you'd like to join. About 20 minutes left in the program. This is Packers OT. You're listening on the Packers Radio Network. 
39-yard field goal attempt, straight on kick. Here's the snap of the placement. Kick to the uprights, end over end, right down the boulevard, it is good. So Mason Crosby drills it through the wind and the uprights of the south end zone, and the Packers extend their lead 24-7 with 11.22 to go in the game. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay so far this season. $11,000 going into today's game, another $1,000 added to that. So $12,000 donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Craig Matzik with you on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. One of two field goal attempts for Crosby on the day. did have one blocked in this game as did Washington, so that's a first for me, covering Packers football. Don't believe I've ever seen a game in which both teams had a blocked field goal. But we saw it today in what was kind of a strange game here at Lambeau Field. The drive summaries for Washington, it's still perplexing to me. I want to give the Packers credit where credit is due, because they affected the quarterback today. They won the line of scrimmage with their defense again. And now we're looking at the fourth game in which the Packers have held the opposition to 22 points or less. And the second time, they've held a team to 17 or less. Actually, the third. So, I mean, you're going to win a lot of football games when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. But but here's how the game went for Washington. First half possessions. Touchdown, blocked field goal, turnover on downs. Just three possessions in the first half. In the second half, on the second play... They lost a fumble. That was forced action. Green Bay forced that action. And then it was a turnover on downs, fourth and goal at the one. They couldn't convert. The next drive, turnover on downs, fourth and goal at the two. They couldn't convert. The next drive, red zone interception. The next drive, field goal. Their only points scored in the red zone today. And then the game ended. I mean, that was it. I mean, they were on the Packers' side of the field Multiple occasions. Six times, I count. And they come away with three points. I, it's just kind of a crazy game. Uh, you know, by the way, the quarterback is the leading rusher today with 95 yards. <laughs> I didn't predict this stuff. Todd joins us next. I appreciate you holding, Todd. You're on Packers OT. Hey, when is the NFL going to realize that Aaron Rodgers is a running quarterback? He ran up the middle, got us a huge first down for that first scoring drive, and if it wasn't for a shoestring tackle, I think he would have scored again when Mason Crosby got the block kick. What do you think about the Packers uh, maybe utilizing him when they're going man-to-man and the backs are toward Rodgers and he runs a little more? Give me your thoughts. Uh, I think that is a quick way to the end of Aaron Rodgers' career, to have him run more. Um, I don't think he wants to run more. I think he does it out of necessity, and he sees what's available. He is smart when he runs. Aaron Rodgers is not a running quarterback. He hasn't been for several years. In fact, I don't think he ever really was. He was considered a mobile quarterback. His ability to extend plays is impressive, and still is impressive. It has been his entire career. Um, But Aaron Rodgers is not a running quarterback. Taylor Heineke was a little more mobile today than I think anybody expected, and he's got a little bit of scoot to him. Uh, He was entertaining to watch. I mean, it was kind of a mess at times, and I just couldn't take my eyes off the guy. Uh, He was entertaining to watch. Aaron has done some good work with his feet. Don't take this the wrong way. He's he's got some yardage. 
He's got a couple touchdowns this year using his legs. Aaron Rodgers is not a running quarterback. Lamar Jackson's a running quarterback. Kyler Murray is a quarterback who can also kill you with his legs, although they're trying to make him a little more of a pocket passer. Um, but they'll see him on Thursday. Quarterback who can actually move, that's coming here for the Packers. They saw one today. They didn't prepare for Taylor Heineke's 95 yards rushing, I can't imagine. Uh, they will have to have a plan for Kyler Murray, no doubt. As for those Arizona Cardinals, they are in action as we speak. Why don't we take a look around the league here, get you caught up on all the action. On a day where six teams had a bye. It's not a loaded slate of games, but the games that were played and are currently being played, pretty entertaining stuff. Not the case in Cincinnati, where the Bengals earned a blowout win over the Ravens. Quick throw, slant caught by Chase, runs to the 30, breaks out of the pass, he's sprinting down the middle of the field, the Ravens 40, pulling away at the 30, 20, 10, touchdown! How great is Jamar Chase, 82 yards to the house! Eight receptions, 201 yards, and a touchdown for the rookie out of LSU. Bengals Radio Network with the call, 41-17. The Bengals move into first place in the AFC North with a convincing win over Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. The New York Giants, minus star running back Saquon Barkley, went to the backup plan, and it paid off. Jones in a shotgun set, Booker to his right. Handoff for Booker, who runs left. Makes a man miss to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown Giants, Devontae Booker. 19-yard scamper, icing on the cake. Bob Papa with a call. Sam Darnold benched for the Carolina Panthers in this game due to ineffective play. The Giants, minus all sorts of offensive firepower, pick up a 25-3 victory over Carolina. Well, it looked like the game of the day on paper. Instead, it was a bit of a blowout. Play fake. Tannehill rolling right. He can run this in. Let's have a little finger roll. Touchdown, Titans, as Tennessee is rolling over Kansas City with 2.48 remaining in the half. Titans Radio Network with the call, 27-3 the final. The Tennessee Titans knock off the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now a sub-500 team. The Chiefs now 3-4. and four. As for Tennessee, quite a two-week stretch for them. They beat the Buffalo Bills and respond with the victory against Kansas City. Elsewhere around the league, 5.43 left to go in the fourth. The Raiders all over the Eagles, 33-14, 31 for 34, 323 yards, and two touchdowns passing for Derek Carr. Man, he has been outstanding for the Raiders. Kenyon Drake with the touchdown as well for Las Vegas. Rams up on the Detroit Lions. It's 25-19, 7.35 left to go in the fourth, and the Lions are nearing the red zone. The Lions have converted on two fake punts today. Hey, why not? 0-16 against the 5-1 and team, looking for any way to pull off a win. Matthew Stafford against his old team. 305 yards passing and three touchdowns. Cardinals over the Texans, 24-5. to They are at the end of the third quarter, just going to the fourth. Also in the fourth quarter, it's the Buccaneers over the Bears by a score of 35-3, to four touchdowns passing for Tom Brady. Falcons with a last-second field goal as time expired to pull off a 30-28 to win over the Miami Dolphins. New England scores 54 points to the Jets, 13 and later tonight, in the Bay Area, it's the Colts and 49ers, Monday Night Football, the Saints and Seahawks. We will wrap up Packers OT right after this. Packers Radio, presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 
Snap to the quarterback. In the pocket. Wings it right side. Intercepted in the end zone. And there is your dagger. Delivered by Chandon Sullivan. In the right corner of the end zone. A couple turnovers for the Packers today. The red zone defense pitches a shutout. Washington 0 for 4 in the red zone in a 24-10 victory for the Packers here at Lambeau Field. Green Bay now 6-1 on the season. They will next take on the Arizona Cardinals. That game will be Thursday night. So our Packers radio network coverage begins at 5 o'clock. We will take you until, I would presume, 1 o'clock on the Packers radio network with the official post-game show. Some of the numbers from today's game, you know, it was... The kind of game I think if you're Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, you look at and say, wow, a lot of great things happened today. And you also look at and say, man, we did some things that weren't so hot. And you probably say that after every game, but to do it after a win, I think is especially satisfying. Green Bay, 6 of 12 on third down. That is a winning number. Uh, where it gets a little interesting, however, is the rush totals for Washington. They did not expect Taylor Heineke to run for nearly 100 yards, and he certainly inflated the total. But as a team, Washington with 195 yards rushing to the Packers' 57. So Green Bay could not run the ball today. And on a couple of their attempts, specifically with A.J. Dillon, the ball was put on the turf. One of those cases, it was recovered by the Packers. In the other case, it was lost to Washington. So a little bit of sloppiness, I think, protecting the football today. Overall, uh, Packers' red zone efficiency, pretty solid. Two out of four opportunities cashed in with touchdowns. The red zone defense, outstanding. 0 for 4. It does become a different game if Taylor Heineke keeps his knee off the grass for, I don't know, what, four, five, maybe six inches? Certainly less than a foot. And gets into the end zone with that dive on a third and two. This is a 21-14 to 14 game. All of a sudden, you get pushed to the edge of your seat saying, oh, boy, here we go. Instead, it's, it remains 21-7, to 7, and the Packers have the ball at the one-yard line. They don't do anything on that possession, but yet again, Washington marched down the field and were in position to score, and on a fourth and two, fourth and goal, I should say, from the two, they were unable to get in. So turnover on downs on back-to-back opportunities, not even in the red zone. I mean, this is... This is like inside the three-yard line. So those are are significant plays here in the Packers' 24-10 win. So the red zone defense stiffening when it needed to most. And might we remind you who did not play today, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, all out. And uh, we did see the debut of Whitney Merciless, who I would presume will see a, a little more action here as the Packers take on Arizona on Thursday. So... Very interesting game. Very interesting game. By and large, it felt like the pressure on Aaron Rodgers was significant early on. Green Bay adjusted, and it was not as significant in the second half of this ball game as Rodgers was, I guess, classic Aaron Rodgers, right? 27-35 to for 274 yards passing and three touchdowns, protecting the football. No interceptions today. Meanwhile, Taylor Heineke had a, a similar stat line, 25-37, of 37, for 268, he did have one inter- in a, excuse me one interception and one touchdown thrown in today's game. And really, with Heineke, the the difference with him was his ability to extend plays with his legs. 95 yards rushing along of 38. Uh, I, I thought he might keep on going, but uh, instead he decided to slide. So he's an interesting player. He's young. He's raw. And that will not really be the case next week. 
or on Thursday when the Packers take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. A young quarterback, yes. Uh, I don't know that raw is the word I would use to describe Kyler Murray. I, I, I might use a term more like MVP at this juncture of the season. That's how good he is playing in Arizona. And it does look like Arizona's going to be 7-0 and when they take on the Packers on Thursday night. So that will be a Thursday night thriller. 6-1 and Packers, 7-0 and Arizona Cardinals. You can bet there will be a, more than just a spattering of Packers fans in the greater Phoenix area as uh, Packers fans are, are well populated uh, in the state of Arizona and certainly in that Phoenix area. So definitely looking forward to that on Thursday night. Some of the other numbers from today's game. Yeah, the rushing totals are a, a bit of a mystery here. Aaron Jones, six carries for 19 yards, really couldn't get anything going. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown on a jet sweep, had a long of 13. A.J. Dillon just three carries for six yards. He did fumble twice. One of those was lost, one recovered. Kylan Hill had the first carry of the game for Packers running backs, but just three carries for two yards. So put it all together here, and it's 15 carries for 57 yards for the Packers on the ground. But, you know, if you extract Aaron Rodgers' 17 yards rushing, you're looking at 13 carries for 40 yards. So, I mean, you're... Around three yards a carry, man, that's just not good enough. You're not going to win a lot of football games if that's what your rushing numbers look like. Didn't need to be much more than that today on a day the Packers were able to succeed passing the football and playing pretty good defense. But I go back to what John Kuhn said a little earlier tonight. The touches were likely distributed with purpose and maybe even held in check with purpose. Could you have imagined a a 25-touch game for Aaron Jones here on a Sunday afternoon only to get on a plane and go play the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night and try and do it all over again? So I I think it was somewhat by design. Um, I always have to remind myself that Aaron Rodgers, anytime he puts his hands to his ears, he is checking out of a play. He's going to what they call a can play, which means it could have been a run, but he saw a look that dictated pass as the better option. So keep that in mind as you're watching the game. It's not always from the floor. That's where it starts, uh, but it certainly finishes with Aaron Rodgers before the snap is made. We are out of time on tonight's program. I want to thank you for being a part of it each and every night. Hopefully your ride back to wherever you're going from Lambeau Field is a safe one. I'll be hitting the roads here in just a moment. Hey, wave as I'm driving by. Ashton Rotman is the executive producer of the Packers Radio Network. Coordinating producers Evan Wittellison and Greg Hill. I'm Greg Matzik. Signing off. Thank you to John Kuhn and Wayne Larravee and Shandon Sullivan for being a part of our program. We will talk to you again Thursday night following the Packers matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This has been a presentation of the Packers Radio Network.